Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And tonight's best in show to the Pekingese. Whoa! David Fitzpatrick! Wasabi takes it! Wasabi is the best in show winner! I seen the video. How do you know that's even a dog? That's just a big. I saw the guy carrying around the owner, and it looked like he had a, a hairy pillow underneath his arm. Man, he's got a feather duster that barks occasionally. That thing might have snaggled teeth and one eye bigger than the other. You don't have any idea. You can't see the dog. You got to paw your way through the fur for about ten minutes to get to the dog. It could there's, be a, a, there's a dog in here somewhere. It could be a three-legged, one-eyed dog that won Westminster because you can't see the freaking thing. You know, our old boss Alan had a Pekingese, and it was a sweet dog. I mean, it was a really a nice companion. But what's a Pekingese do? What can it do? It sit there and look furry. You get your working dogs, your your herding dogs, your your hunting dogs. Those are dogs. They're not little little they're like stuffed Pekingese. If they, if they didn't poo occasionally, you'd never know that they were alive. If you got a stuffed Pekingese as opposed to a real one, wouldn't it only be to the advantage? Wouldn't it only yeah. end up in the positive yeah. column? You put it in your lap, you can stroke it, you could oh, poodle push, oh. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You sit on the couch and go out to work, you come home, it's there on the couch, just like the real one would be. Give me a good brawn You don't dog. have to feed it, there's no vet bills, that's why I'm going to start selling stuffed Pekingese. Yeah, yeah. Modeled after the world champion winner, three-legged, one-eyed. Well, and as far as we know, and we oh, we could get into the utter horror of purebred dog yeah. breeding. Yeah. But, uh, it's not glamorous. It's ugly and dumb, if why, you ask me. Why have there been 3,000 reports of unruly passengers this year on planes? Of course, I don't know what a normal year is. But, it's uh, a it's huge making, increase. It's making the news a lot. What's going on there? It's all mask stuff. All fights over masks. Okay. I mean, the increases. You got your usual number of drunks who are just being jackasses. But, but that shouldn't be higher, should it? No. No, it's all mask disputes. It's uh, people refusing to wear the mask or leaving it off too long. There may be a little toward the screw these masks side of things. I'm not judging. And then you got a passenger two seats down who's way toward the everyone must be masked all the time, whether indoors or outdoors, vaccinated or not, just to be safe. And the just conflicts erupting constantly. And the poor air waitresses, they've got to enforce the rules. They don't have any choice. So they say, you got to put your mask on. And somebody gets mouthy and, uh, boy. Your flight gets diverted. People are yelling at each other. Somebody gets tackled and, and <laughs> right. twist tied. And okay, yeah, right. So speaking of transportation, this uh, coverage of the rental car craziness begins with a story of a woman planned a long weekend in Chicago. Lately, the land of my upbringing, and uh, she was going to be in town for about three and a half days. Her rental car bill for a crappy little compact. I'm sorry, I don't know that it was crappy. I don't like really little cars. I never rent them. I don't think they're safe. Um, but she rented a compact vehicle, okay? Not even four full days, $550, Woo! which is just shocking. Cost more than twice her airline ticket from Phoenix to Chicago, which is just insane. That is Typical. They're calling it the carpocalypse, Jack. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. Just tires my ass Are out, they? that sort of thing. I don't know why, but anyway. The summer rental car shortage is, is, is serious. Um, and they explained that the car rental companies sold off their, their fleets during COVID 
because that was the only revenue they had because nobody was traveling the rest of it. I think you've probably heard uh, that wrinkle of it. But are there alternatives? Yes, there are. Otherwise, why would I do this story? One of the most high-profile new entrants is called Avail. It's a peer-to-peer car-sharing service backed by Allstate Insurance, interestingly enough. What do I care that Allstate backs it? Well, that's significant because Avail uh, sets itself apart from competitors, which I just barely heard of in the past, Turo and Get Around, because Avail addresses two major car-sharing turnoffs. They take care of the insurance. It's built into the relationship, the transaction, and they deal with the, the key exchange. We take on these hassles so borrowers and owners don't have to worry about meeting up to exchange keys or determining whether they need insurance. Now, I've not used this service. This is not a full-throated endorsement of it. It just seems really promising. Now, it's only operating in 13 cities at this point, some of the big ones, Atlanta, Baltimore, Chicago, Dallas, L.A., Miami, among others, plans to open more locations this summer. Prices are not dirt cheap, but they are 20% below car rental rates. So you borrow somebody's car for a few days. Cool. Another new option, Uber Rent. Uber, which will hook you up with anything, from a ride to uh, you know a, a, a sandwich to a car now. It's a venture with such providers as Avis, Budget, Hertz, and the car site Car Trawler that allows you to rent a car directly in the Uber app. Well, that's interesting because that's sapping the rental car uh, fleets uh, as well. Uh, still want to go with a traditional rental? Travelers need to reserve as far in advance as possible, they say. just it, You can't re- prepare too far in advance. Um, and then search for a better deal. There's uh, there's a website called Auto Slash that finds coupon codes for rentals and tracks price changes and brings them to you. There are also car rental savers and other places. Long story short, we'll have the link to this article at armstrongandgetty.com under hot links. Uh, give us a couple minutes to get it up. But there are alternatives. Otherwise, you know, just fly where you're going and buy a car and then sell it when you leave. It's probably cheaper. Apple versus China net segment. I think that's an interesting story. Is the most valuable company in the world is trying to figure out how to decouple from China. Um, uh, so I just saw a headline, something about how that's like a New York Timesy sort of thing. How not to unwittingly extend the pandemic in your life, and it was about people who are um, continuing to stay in and not do normal things longer than is necessary, trying to put a. Uh, I think a slightly nicer spin on saying, hey, wise up. Do you read the papers? Why are you still hiding and wearing a mask and everything like that? But I thought about it. It just reminded me. So over the weekend, I shopped for glasses. Remember, that was my New Year's resolution. Ah, yes. It is now mid-June. It was Mm. my New Year's resolution to get new glasses because the ones that I'm holding in my hands uh, have been broken so many times and re-glued that (laughs) I look homeless. And and they have sharp things that poke me and make me bleed. So... (laughs) They're not the best glasses. Yeah, I'm not the, laughing. I'm crying. And they are still the ones you're currently holding. Yeah. Despite this resolution at the start of the year, which was January. Correct. Yeah. These are these are really the sort of eyeglasses. The lenses are cracked. Um. I mean, they really. I really look like a hobo. Um. Man, it's pretty rough. Anyway. Um, they make you bleed. Well, they the both both stems have been broken off, and I've super glued them, and I super glued them poorly, so they're big chunks of dried glue everywhere, and it's just <laughs> wow. The nose pads completely deteriorated, so the rough plastic is just on my nose. Anywho, I've gone to a couple of different places looking at frames, 
and they give you a tray, and they say, after you touch a frame and try it on, put it on the tray, and then we will disinfect them later before we put them back in the rack. And that's still happening as of yesterday. Is this March 2020? And what I, what I was wondering is, that, who's that for? Or did they? Did they? I don't feel like customers are probably demanding that. Um, customers that are coming into the store. I mean, well, if it is though, to uh, cite your previous comments, it's customers who need to wise the hell up and understand where the science is at this point. Yeah, because you're not even close. If you're thinking somebody touching a, a frame of glasses is going to give you the COVID, you're so way off. You need to cancel your next two appointments. You need to sit down. We need to talk because you have no idea of reality. Right. It's a, if I may, it's a difference between a, a ship and a jet ski. Right. It takes a long time to turn ships around. Businesses, corporations, those are ships. Individuals, we're jet skis. We can change our behavior because we don't need approval from up above. And I, I feel like that it's just taking. Uh, too long for the corporations and businesses to, uh, and honestly, it's probably the rules of the counties or the states that they're in that yeah, they're trying to chase yeah. to. Yeah, well, then that's freaking stupid too because they're supposed to know what's going on with the yeah, rules but, in your county. Yeah, Sean's point is that that's the sort of stupid we're all used to, and it it does take a while. The problem is, while I agree with you, Sean, is that we have so many individuals witness Jack's communist town where people are still masked alone outdoors. You have so many individuals, there's nobody's even trying to turn the ships around. What Bill Maher say about that? What Bill Maher say about the masks outdoors? I agree with him 100%. I see people on the street walking outside with a mask on like you moron. You blanking moron. And that's not because he's a Trump supporter. It's just because the science says it's idiotic. Right, right. Utterly useless. Uh, Utterly just, unnecessary. I, I only care from the standpoint of, well, well uh, I want all these businesses to stay in business and succeed. And everything that's slowing you down. I was at a grocery store yesterday uh, where after every transa- transaction, the person that worked there was going around with the spray bottle and spraying everything down and wiping it down. And that just slows it down that much. Hurt your business, Emma? It's just, it's just dumb. Can we please move past it? Yeah, yeah. Getting back to the whole car rental story, just got this uh, email from Dave in California. I'm deeply ashamed I didn't think of this myself. He says, if you're in San Francisco or L.A., just steal a car, drive it around for several days, and abandon it, because they won't prosecute you anyway. <laughs> That's a good point. They've decriminalized crime. It's part of the great progressive experiment. How's your utopia coming along? Apple versus China, among other things, on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Play is going to be halted again, and this does look serious. Well, Christian Eriksen in some distress by the look of things. Well, plays new straight away. That was a heavy fall. Yeah, some distress. Soccer star, big time soccer match, drops on the field from a heart attack. Did they bring him back around, Hanson? He, they brought him back around. Wow. But, uh, Young man like that? Nice. They actually put the paddles to him on the field. Oh, man. People watching on. I hate these stories. I'm freaking out over here. Cut it out. Find something else to well, talk something about. Something exciting happened during a soccer match. I'm least. getting... 
Oh, my God. There's nothing, nothing ever happens. I'd like to disassociate myself from that joke. Nothing happens. The beautiful opera, the ballet that is the movement of the ball, the threats to the goal, the, it's, the scoring once a week. It's nil-nil after two hours. Can somebody choke on something or something? Anything Gee, to watch. They, wow. Insensitive. That is insensitive, and I, I disassociate myself from that. I disavow. Excellent, I disavow. Excellent vernacular knowledge with the nil-nil, by the way. Oh, thank you. Good. Um, uh, so Apple, biggest company in the world, richest company in the world a lot of times, uh, does a lot of their business in China. That's a lot of how they ended up being the richest company in the world. And now that we all realize China's the enemy of the United States, how's that all going to work out and how did it start in the first place? So the New York Times, in their daily podcast, they're talking to their tech expert about this whole topic. And they got into a number of questions. A new president assumes power, Xi Jinping. And... He has a very different style than his predecessors, and from that day on, the relationship between Apple and China fundamentally changed. How so? Well, I can actually just start with literally the first week of the presidency. So he assumes power on March 14th, 2013, and the very next day, Apple was under attack. China Central Television, which was the main government broadcaster, aired a report criticizing Apple. And basically they were saying that Apple doesn't issue long enough warranties for its products. The implication was that Apple was ripping off Chinese consumers. And very quickly, there was this coordinated criticism of the company across Chinese society. The Chinese state-owned newspapers were calling Apple a quote-unquote scoundrel. Wow. Chinese celebrities were all criticizing the company on social media. And it was really clear that this was a sign on you know just the second day of Xi Jinping's administration that the Chinese government was taking a different tact with Apple. That is wild. When you have an authoritarian government, you can do that, obviously. You're the president, and two days in, you can say, okay, celebrities, newspapers, everybody, Apple's bad, Apple's bad, get the word out. Wow, how does that work? They got movie stars, I guess. So you're some movie star, you're some movie stud, you're lounging by your pool, sipping some commie lemonade, enjoying the company of some nice commie babes. All of a sudden, the phone rings at your agent. Darling, darling, I need you to do something for me. Stop tweeting from your iPhone. Oh, wait, no, it's China. We don't have Twitter. Stop posting from your iPhone. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you got to come out against Apple. I like Apple. So, <laughs> yeah, so, I know. You got to come out. So that played into China having the leverage that they were looking for over Apple. Clip 18. And a big reason why China was changing its approach was because China could. China suddenly had a lot more leverage and it had a lot more economic power in part because of the investment from Apple and other Western companies. You know, by 2013, China was the world's number two economy. And that is a very different place than it was in 2001. And it meant that Xi Jinping had more power and more ability to get his way. 2001 notable timeline, because that's when a lot of these uh, agreements with American companies started to take, take form. And then uh, how Apple responded to this. Apple trying to save face in one of its fastest growing markets. That's for sure. Within several weeks, Tim Cook took a really unusual step. Right now, an unexpected apology this morning from Apple to the Chinese people. He issued an open letter and he apologized. 
Tim Cook saying, quote, we recognize that we have much to learn about operating and communicating in China. And said that Apple had, quote, incomparable respect for China and that Apple had a lot to learn about operating in the country. A a humbler Apple, if that's possible here. And it was a real sign that the dynamics of this relationship had fundamentally changed. Apple Apple trying to save face and one of... No, sorry about that. That was a misclick. Um, Wow. Well, first of all, I don't think you could get away with that right now if Apple had to do that. They did that before we all decided that China was an enemy. But so the, the, the power completely shifted there, as you could see. Apple had all the power against China. Then all of a sudden, China had all the power against Apple. Hey, you want to continue to be uh, to do your business here and be as powerful as you are? Well, here's, here's what you, how you're going to do it. Yeah, and having read a bit about this lately, Apple made so many bets that were dependent on operating in China. They So much of their business model was China only. I mean, it would only work in China. The idea of yanking out of China and continuing on is just, it's a farce. It's too much would have to change. So they're in a terrible position right now. Yeah, and I know I've got another clip where they talk about there's no plan B, and that probably gets to what you're just saying here. We don't have time. We'll have to play it when we come back. But I do want to hear that. What is their plan B? How are they going to deal going forward? Because the world has changed, and they have to react to it somehow. That and other stuff on the way. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So did this new stance from the Chinese government ring any alarm bells inside the company? Yes. Pretty quickly, there were these conversations inside of Apple about the dilemma that they faced in China. And specifically, there was this former Apple employee who was a senior advisor in China. And he told me that early on, he realized the predicament Apple was in, and he tried to get the company's leadership to do something about it. And so he was able to get an audience with some of Tim Cook's top deputies and make the case that Apple had basically no plan B to China. And that really left the company vulnerable to the whims of the government. But Ultimately, nothing really changed at Apple, and that was in part because there was really no other country that could support the type of manufacturing that Apple now required, and there was certainly no consumer market that could make up for the lost sales if Apple had to leave China. Wow, I might have to dump my Apple stock. That, that's, a, that's a serious conundrum Apple has. Oh, yeah. When has the most valuable company in the world ever been in such a situation? For years, it was General Motors. For many, many years, like most of my life, General Motors was the most valuable company in the world. Um, but they were never in a situation like this where they were they were at the the whims of a foreign nation as to whether or not they could make cars. Right, right. All of a sudden, Detroit goes communist. Never happened. Yeah, I uh, I am really grateful. I'm not Tim Cook. Although Tim- I think I would probably enjoy his income. Tim Cook got the job because he was the guy in Apple that suggested and led the way toward, hey, here's how we make our model work. We build stuff in China. It's the big market. We can sell iPhones, too, and we can make them so cheap there. So he's you know, he's all about that. That's how he ended up running the place after Steve Jobs left. So, again, as you just heard there in the report, they don't have a plan B. Well, there probably isn't a plan B. Can we go to a different country with a billion people where they have slave labor? No, you can't. 
Yeah, um, not only not only incredibly cheap labor at the time, but a really educated workforce where necessary. Great system of highways and the rest of it. I mean, there are plenty of third world places where people work for peanuts, but they don't have the other infrastructural stuff China has. I just read where the number of Americans who see China as our primary enemy has doubled since last year. That might double again next year. Yeah, <laughs> Apple's got a problem. It should. Apple's got a problem. And it should, yeah. Apple's got a problem. Uh, have you ever heard of the concept, switching topics, of limitarianism? Are you a, a <laughs> limitarianist? Limit, limitarianism. I, I, d- <laughs> I doubt it. Limitarian. That's what it's called. Anyway. So I've I, never been great about knowing mine, for instance. <laughs> My <laughs> limits. <laughs> I think I can have one more. The circuit. Now, granted, I was... 19, I think, when somebody said this to me. He said, Joe, I figured you out. You do everything to excess. Mm. Partying, studying, music, women, everything's to excess. Maybe you should be a limitarian. So I came across a couple of different articles just bouncing around all the big Sunday papers yesterday where people were talking about, uh, you know, there's there's a number of people that have too much money. They just make too much money. And it all comes on the heels of USA Today's got another cover story about it today. Yet another cover story about um, those IRS files that came out last week. Remember the top 25 people, was it? The top 25 richest people in America didn't pay any tax. Income Uh, tax. Income tax last year. Yeah. Excellent pointing that out, Sean, because they pay all kinds of other taxes. But um, that story got so much attention, it's still on the front page of USA Today after a week. And the whole story is stupid. Right. USA Today may be the farthest left newspaper among the formerly, you know, down-the-middle types. And even that was suspect back in the day. They're so far left, it's amazing these days. But anyway, out of that story... Um, and again, as I pointed out last week, Joe, you were gone uh, briefly. You're not hearing any clamoring by Democrats or Republicans in Congress to change the laws. Correct. None. Nobody has proposed anything. You know why? Because they make sense, most of these laws. It's a combination of either they make sense or they're benefiting from them, too, because most people in Congress are rich. But a lot of them make sense that you can carry your debt forward for however many years and put off your taxes, blah, 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 offset it to grow businesses, which helps all of us. Nobody, Nobody's changing these. They act like it's a, a scandal that these people aren't paying taxes. Does it occur to you that nobody in Congress is wanting to change these rules? No, right. and it's for good reason. Did you see, it was over the weekend, I think it was in the New York Times, had this unbelievable piece about v- private venture capital companies and how they have written the tax codes through their compliant friends in Congress and the Senate. They're extremely generous with campaign contributions, contributions to PACs, whatever, hiring people's relatives. They own the government. You don't. So uh, this opinion piece in the Washington Post got my attention. Is it time to limit personal wealth? And they referenced that article and how how rich some of these people are, Warren Buffett, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and how little taxes they play. Yes, every billionaire is a policy failure, they state, as if that's just obviously true and we all uh, agree. Stop right there. Idiotic statement. Utterly idiotic. Every billionaire is a policy failure. But more than that, every billionaire is a failure of our own imagination. 
It's truly incomprehensible that there are so many billionaires and they pay so little taxes. A world where billionaires are impossible is what we need. There is, wow, so far, there's been nothing resembling logic in this. Doing so would require a revised conception of what is good and what is fair, an approach focused less on what is allowed and more on what is enough. Does that sound far-fetched? Such a philosophy already exists. The philosophy is called limitarianism, which suffers at least partially from its difficult difficulty to say and 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 also because of its idiocy director of the fair limit project a philosopher a philosopher named ingram rubens argues that it is not morally permissible to have more resources than are needed to fully flourish in life on the other hand shut up just as there is a poverty line under which we agree that no one should fall limitarianism holds that there is a wealth line over which no one should rise and that the world would be better off for it how do you not understand the the simple economics of the problem of your of your philosophy? I just think it's it's like a religious faith that some people have. You just never question it. You can't. Why do we assume that individuals should be allowed to keep as much as they can grab? And how responsible are we for one another? What would happen if we limited the accumulation of great wealth? And what would a happy medium look like? Surely, and this is my favorite part, this is really the reason I did this story at all, surely the prospect of having only $999 million would not stop innovators in their tracks. Um, Yes, it would, actually. It actually would stop many innovators in their tracks if they were limited in how much money they could make. A lot of the companies that made the COVID vaccine uh, and people are going to profit would not have bothered. Um, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, a lot of these people would not do all kinds of things if they were limited in how much money they could, they could have. Perhaps not at the beginning, but at the point that the company or their shares in the company are worth $979 million, yes, they would absolutely lose the incentive to continue to grow. Well, how do you not understand that? Well, Bezos is worth 158 now? Something crazy like that. If he were only, if he were limited to nine hundred ninety-nine million, how much stuff would not have happened? Same with Elon Musk. Um, and even if it did stop some, would the trade-off be so bad? You are a moron. Well, and/or you have granted yourself enormous power this, to decide these things and to impose these things. Who elected you, King of the Universe? This person is saying that if innovators did stop innovating. Because of they weren't because of the fact that they weren't going to be allowed to go past a billion dollars, would that be so bad? Wow, you live in a completely different universe than I do. Boy, they really need to read Stephen Pinker's Enlightenment now. Now, God, that's stupid. Or look around you and understand human ma- human nature a little bit. No. You, th- you think everybody's nope. busting their ass to uh, develop an, a, an electric car company that changes the world? or um, an online shopping system that changed the world, or any of these things just because they're really into it, or because they think they're going to build something un- in- un- unbelievably w- uh, profitable. Or uh, both, but... yeah, both, I sure. You know, the only thing that person's ever innovated is the world's stinkiest crap heap of ideological tripe. You'll take no risks. Scent. Yeah. You'll take no risks to make that second billion dollars if you're limited to the first. Right. Right, and and these days, a really innovative idea can make a billion dollars in the blink of an eye. That's just, I, I don't know, I, I would rather hear a dog barking through the night than that person's opinion ever again. And I said I came across it several times. That was a, an opinion piece put in the Sunday Washington Post.
and just moronic. I think the fact that I saw that reference several times means something. I read the news. I've been reading the newspaper a lot for a lot of years. I don't remember coming across that just flat out communist weirdo ideology so prevalently placed in our nation's newspapers. Yeah, I, I swear I've never heard the term limitarianism ever. Nope. Those who have been blessed the most, who have disproportionately extracted by whatever skill more and more from the national wealth, they're going to have to share more of that. Yeah, the former governor of California, he believed in limitarianism. Extracted from the public wealth. Huh. That's an economic theory that means nothing. Yeah, I tell you what, there's a lot of kids getting indoctrinated into this stuff, though. I don't know, it's a little scary if you ask me. Um, New surgeon bad behavior on planes is getting a lot of attention. I can't figure out how real it is or not, but we've got one example of a, a plane that had some problems coming up. Also, we ought to jump back into the G7. That's the group of seven because it takes way too long to say group. They shortened it to G. Yes, it's um, groovier. It's cooler. And, uh, and Biden's, it's easier to get tattooed. And Biden's role in it and his upcoming meet, meeting with Putin, which is on Wednesday, it's going to get a lot of world attention. All that stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Somebody brought in a box of donuts, which is nice of them. Or or somebody could come in here with a drill and put a hole right into my skull, <laughs> which I need just as much. It's nice. It's a nice gesture, but God dang it. Boy, it was a discipline-free weekend around my place. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I got an invitation to a birthday gathering. I didn't really know the people very well, but I knew one of their friends, and and their friend invited me. Blah blah. Long story short, but uh, oh boy, it was it was a zoo. And not only that, but I'd met several of these people sober, but I hadn't dealt with them drunk. And, <laughs> and, and if you uh, hang out in drinking circles, you really need to get to know people both ways wow. before you can really figure out who they are. Mm. You know, and uh, hmm, several of them did not pass the audition. Oh, really? The uh, drinking, little, the drinking, uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, yeah. really. Hmm. And in what? In what? What? what yeah, let's not get too specific. Let's just say. Well, just give just, me a general version. The, are uh, they people that don't handle their booze well, or are they just uh, opinions you didn't agree with? Or well, no. You know how some people turn into a different person, and some people just get more the way they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just say that that the talkative became like insane. Like uh, I don't again. I don't want to be hurtful. Um, uh, everybody at the table sat silent and wide eyed as two people carried on for like an hour and a half. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it was it was interesting. So, oh, speaking of chaos, it sounded a little like this on a recent Delta flight from L.A. to Atlanta. And that was just the drink service. Rock'em, sock'em. All right. 
Anyway, there is a twist to this story. Okay. Uh, I couldn't so, tell really what was going on there. Sounds okay. like some upset. Chaos. Upset is right. My God, man. It was a fracas. A video of the incident uh, shows several people involved in a struggle at the front of the darkened plane. Um, <laughs> all three of them, all three of them, a man could be heard angrily shouting before adding, no, they are the enemies. <laughs> what? There's some, there's some weirdness. So long story short, <clears throat> somebody gets on the intercom and announces, everyone on board, take your seat and prepare to put on your oxygen masks. Oh, boy. I was at the back of the plane. Along two minutes after that first announcement, the pilot made an announcement, said, all able-bodied men, please come to the front as there is an emergency. Oh, come to the boy. front. If I heard that, I would I would get up my seat and go, but I'd think, what are we about to deal with here? Yeah. All able-bodied men come to the front of the plane. There's an announcement I don't want to get. Yeah. How able-bodied? I mean, I'm all right, but my elbow hurts. I mean, should I come to the front of the plane? How about I stay in the middle of the plane, and if you need, like, semi-able-bodied people next, I'll be ready to go. I, I would be walking up there thinking, I hope this is just drunk, doesn't want wear, want to wear a mask guy, and not, I'm trying to bring down the play, uh, a la Akbar, uh, box cutter guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's sobering to me, and I hate being sober. Uh, it's sobering that I've got to admit that, you know, uh, like the uh, Todd Beamer, was that his name, the gent mm-hmm. on Flight 93, and, and many other passengers whose names are not known, um, when it came time, they rose up, and they were heroes, uh, and they got into the fracas, and they got hurt, and they got cut, uh, and and the plane went down, but they saved the Capitol or the White House. Um, I've got to admit, at this point in my life, if it's time for the able-bodied young ass-kickers to get engaged, I probably ought to stay out of the way. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's hell getting old. Anyway, uh, so, oh, back to the uh, the craziness on the flight. So, um... This guy who's who's one of the people uh, testifying in this article says, I got about halfway up, and they told me, no, we're okay. We got it under control. Somebody's yelling, help me, help me, Jesus, help me, somebody help me. Um, and then a flight attendant says, everybody take your seats with the exception of this group right here. Turns out a Delta employee who was flying on the flight lost his mind? Or got hammered? It's not clear to me. But he decided it was a good job to get on the intercom and and freak people out and start making fake announcements. Well, wow. An yeah. employee. Yeah, and the pilot had to call the able-bodied men to the front where they put a whooping on him, tied him up. <laughs> put a whooping on him. <laughs> yeah. Got him under control, and, and they had to divert the flight to Oklahoma City for some reason. It's a lovely place, but... It was, once the, closest, the, it was the once closest he, airport at the time, from what I heard, yeah. Well, once you got the ass-whooping done, just make him sit in his seat yeah. hogtied yeah. until we get to Atlanta. We're going to Atlanta, not Oak City. Hog time. Ned Beatty's in the news today. Hog time. Leave him there, uh, and uh, you know everything will be fine. So we got one more clip on this plane thing. It's supposed to be good. 72? When the call came, no hesitation. We all just kind of swooped on him, and then we kind of got him down, and we're holding him down, and he was screaming and crying. Passengers say the man's appearance when boarding the plane raised eyebrows, questioning why he was allowed to board the flight wearing a SWAT-like helmet, knee, and elbow pads. Why would you come prepared with basically what is armor <laughs> to, 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 to do something on a flight? The plane made an emergency landing in Oklahoma City where it was swept and cleared. 
He came on the plane in a helmet. What the El- what? Elbow and knee pads. <laughs> and nobody said, uh, hey, it's an interesting getup you got to happen in there. What's, uh, what's the plan? <laughs> hey, I'm not commenting on what you're wearing. Why don't you shut up? All right, knee pad off. Off the plane. That's what I'm saying if I'm the pilot. Well, what are you going to do? you going to kick him off the plane for Hell wearing yeah. elbow pads? Hell yeah. <laughs> you take him off. You leave him in the terminal. There's no reason. You, who, who are you going to elbow there, Jimmy? What do you What do you got in mind there, chum? Got some skateboard tricks you're trying to pull off? You got a soft hat or what? Why you had a helmet? What's happening here? Oh, uh, wow. What a crazy person. Huh. Yeah, yeah, but I guess, yeah, incidents on planes just absolutely skyrocketing, and it's all about people peeved uh, about the mask thing. I got two uh, two quick headlines in this final midnight, um, final midnight, final minute. TMZ reports Madonna strips down to her underwear in latest must-see selfies. No, must-not-see. Ah, my eyes. Your retirement age, Madonna. Retire the whole underwear thing, right? Retire the whole I'm a sex pot thing. There's plenty of younger women out there who have taken your spot, so quit. Or go um, down to the Dell Web or the Villages or whatever and get it on, but leave us out of it. <laughs> And also this more serious, President Putin says he can't guarantee that Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny will come out of jail alive. Why did he play that card? Wow. Wow. Just to scare off other people that might rise up against him? Duh. Okay. That's the one. Ding. I would have thought he would at least pretend it. Oh, no, no. We we, we have no ill intention. No, he actually just, I can't guarantee he ain't going to come out Mm -hmm. dead. And I wouldn't get next to any windows either. Hmm. Armstrong and Getty.